Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. Still kind of getting used to the new year, getting used to the new HQ right by Dulles Airport. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to what we get here in the forthcoming caucuses and primaries. But before we get to that, we're going to do a little bit of looking back at 2023. Uh, for example, uh, Alex Christie, who spends many hours counting up the jokes. Some people would say, why would you do that? Uh, but we did. Uh, and Alex is here to share his uh, results for the year 2023, a little dinged by a writer's strike. Uh, we, we all made fun of him when they came back. Nobody missed you. Welcome, Alex. Thank you. Good to be here. Alex is back from Washington State. He got to fly out to the other side of the country uh, over the Christmas break. Right after the MRC Christmas party, some people are gone for two weeks, which is all good. But you had this ready because they didn't have any shows after December 22 from January 3 through December 22. And so you picked six shows. Some of them aren't, you know, the James Corden isn't on anymore. Uh, but that was on until uh, through April, pretty much. No Samantha B. <laughs> Nobody's sad, uh, at least not in our neck of the woods. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel on ABC, Jimmy Fallon on NBC, Seth Meyers on NBC, and Colbert on CBS, Corden, and The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Some could argue, why are you still including that mess? Uh, and we'll get to that in a, in a minute about how weird that show has become. Uh, but the big story was this. You counted 9,518 political jokes. And of those, 81% were directed at someone or something on the right side of the political spectrum. 81%. Now, I guess the question is, do we find that surprising? I think the idea that the late night comedy shows target conservatives more than liberals is not surprising. But I think anything over 80% um, is surprising because... That means out of every five jokes, four of them are directed towards conservatives or Republicans. It's like you you should even just be able to accidentally stumble into something funny or comedy joke worthy that a Democrat does. Right. So we yes. discussed this before. We had this discussion about Senator Menendez, uh, you know, and, and 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 so on and so forth. And. I think we know, and as we've discussed, that shows like Kimmel and Colbert and Seth Meyers are not designed for conservatives. They are obviously uh, made with liberals in mind. So that's where you would say it's not surprising. But um, I think what's surprising when you look at this is how the conclusion becomes somehow Democrats are not to be mocked. So this is where you have made a list of the top 10 and this is where you can say there are nine on the right and only one on the left, which is the president of the United States. So it's Trump at 2,440 jokes, Biden 912, George Santos 835. I mean, I guess that was just too rich a vein. Republicans in general 371, Ron DeSantis 310, 
Tucker Carlson, 265. Rudy Giuliani, 242. Mike Pence, 205. And then with 196 each, Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, when the way Alex wrote this at first, it was like it made it sound like McCarthy and Green were a uh, you know a duet or something. I had to say, wait, is that each of them individually? But yeah, that's when you kind of look at this and say, gosh, you know. And as we know, the the, the jokes about Joe Biden are not they're not mean jokes. They're all the same kind of joke. Yeah, a lot of the jokes about Joe Biden are the fact that he is old. And occasionally you get some of the, like, his poll numbers aren't very good. But, of course, you never really go into why those poll numbers are not very good, just the fact that they aren't. Um, but, yeah. So, They're acknowledging reality a little bit. Yeah, and part of it, especially with someone like Seth Meyers, is, like, self-referential, the sky is falling, you know, type of thing. Yeah, they're upset his polls are low. Yeah, so... Well, and then see, here you have Mike Pence had 205 jokes, and then you make the point. The current vice president, Kamala Harris, was targeted only for 34 jokes, and I can't imagine many of those were mean. They were, yeah, a lot of them are were basically like, almost like she's in the witness protection program. It's like, what happened to her? Okay. Um, <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, but just to put the number 34 in perspective— that's the exact same amount that uh, Patrick McHenry had, oh. who was in the news for about all of two weeks during the second speaker fight when he like emphatically pounded the gavel on like the House lectern after Kevin McCarthy got ousted. Oh, and they made a big jokes about the hammering. Yeah, so he got the same amount of jokes like in like one or two weeks as Kamala Harris got throughout the whole year. All right, then this is to me what was fun about this. And that is, again, you just realize the dramatic difference. Uh, when it came to congressional leaders, Republican leaders were targeted more than Democrats, 338 to nine, 338 to nine. That is just remarkable. Obviously a big chunk of those, as we've already discussed, Kevin McCarthy, but 103 for Mike Johnson, who became speaker. Like on October 25. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the initial jokes about Mike Johnson were the fact that he's Mike Johnson and he just looks like a normal guy and yeah. nobody knew who he was. But but still, you know, it's like 103 in about two or three months is a lot. Yeah. That those, you know, it, especially because a lot of these are front loaded, like once you got into December and like after people started to know who he was, they did sort of drop off a bit. Well, and I think Mike Johnson, I mean, it's really more like, well, he's a boring white guy named Mike Johnson. I mean, that's, I mean, that doesn't seem to me to be hilarious. Uh, so that when it was 338 to nine, the nine were Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, no jokes. Yeah. And a lot of the jokes about Chuck Schumer are like make, making fun of the way he wears his glasses. Yeah. You know, so again, not it, ideological. Yeah, it's not, it, you know, it, they're not the low-hanging Joe Biden is old jokes, but they are the low-hanging look how Chuck Schumer wears his glasses jokes. <laughs> you know, in low-hanging glasses. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Whereas someone like Mike Johnson, in addition to the, you know, he's named Mike Johnson, you get a lot of the he's a crazy right-wing conservative who, you know. Loves Jesus. Yes. I would think that would break in at some point. So, so they, so they do the low-hanging fruit one for the Republicans, too, but they add 
the ideological ones, which they don't do for the liberal ones. Yeah, so you have nine for Schumer and thirty nine for Mitch McConnell, and I would I'm gonna guess a lot of those Mitch McConnells were her, him having that facial tick where he couldn't move his face. Yes, you know this is this is the kind of thing that people like to make fun of. The uh, then it's the Trump kids versus the Biden kids. I thought this was especially fun, um, and it wasn't so much surprising that Hunter Biden only had twenty seven jokes, although. My goodness, again, like Kamala Harris, what a rich vein for humor. No, it's the fact that the Trump kids got 250. As you said, Donald Trump Jr., 136, Eric Trump, 91, Ivanka Trump, 23. You put them all together. Yeah, it's more than nine to one. They're making fun of Trump's kids. And Trump isn't even president. Yeah. So with Trump kids versus Hunter Biden, it can. there's two ways to look at it. If you were to take even so, even if you were to take the Trump kids as one collective unit, because there's three people versus one person, that's the tr the ratio is still over nine to one. So you can't go, oh, well, there's three Trump kids versus only one really Biden kid. Yeah, I mean, you could just take if you just took Donald Jr., it's one thirty six to twenty seven. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I guess we did. I didn't get this. I didn't dig this far into your chart. I know Jill Biden had six. Was there any Melania Trump jokes? There were quite a few, yeah. Oh. Um mostly over, you know, their you know, their relationship. Yeah. You know, and the, yes, you know, it's, occasionally it's a sham marriage, ha ha ha. That kind of thing, you know, maybe occasional one remembering about her Christmas trees, you know, and that sort of thing. Uh and then you also plucked out cable news channels. Fox News got 173 jokes. Newsmax got six. So CNN 14, MSNBC four. So you have 179 to 18. This is their, when we're not counting the, whatever, the 26 or whatever Tucker Carlson jokes, that's something different. Yeah. But uh, uh, Oh, and speaking of Tucker Carlson, it's, it's probably should remember Tucker Carlson left Fox News like halfway through the year. Yeah. You know, or not, not even like before the writer's strike. So Almost all of those 250-something jokes, you know, were in one, like, five-month span. Okay. So if, you know, if he was still at Fox, you know. Who knows? Yeah, he would probably be up there in, the like, the 500 range. The, uh, uh, and then you isolated the Supreme Court justices. This was fascinating, too. Uh, 64 to 1, conservatives to liberals. Somebody made fun of Elena Kagan. Yeah. Uh, I do not. What? I don't. I do not off the top of my head remember what that <laughs> one was, but I imagine it was fairly tame. I would say. So, of course, 51 of the 64 conservative is Clarence Thomas. Clarence <laughs> Thomas has, we've probably under uh, uh, analyzed the hostility in the media to Clarence Thomas, starting with all of the pounding that ProPublica has been doing about Clarence Thomas apparently enriching himself. Um, it's always a little surprising just the amount of animus that they have and that Clarence Thomas gets more jokes than Kamala Harris. Then there's uh, who got a zero? You said the squad, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and fire alarm puller Jamal Bowman, zero jokes. Yeah, see, that's like when we talk, you know, I think when people talk about comedy, it's like, what is the job of a comedian? Well, the job of a comedian is to be funny. Well, that's like, 
That's like saying the job of a newsbuster's news analyst is to analyze the news. It's like, what does that mean? And I, behind every joke is like some sort of argument or observation about the world. And these people view their job as they're like part of this movement that says like you have to use your platform, mm -hmm. you know, to advocate for certain things. And so if you're a liberal, you know, a liberal does not know that it's surround. It's like the comedians are like the rest of the media. They live in a bubble, you know. And so the liberal fish does not know it's surrounded by liberal water, you know. And so when we talk about why they don't address liberalism, you know, in the same way they address conservatism, it's because that's why. Liberals do not find liberalism funny. Right. And at the same time, to protect the electoral interests of the Democratic Party, they're going to try to avoid democratic scandals now sometimes you can't avoid it like during the 90s you can't avoid bill clinton and right. plus that was also about sex right. so it um but for someone like jamal bowman pulling the fire alarm you know that would suggest well democrats have their crazies too you know and i'm we'll probably get to this you know bob menendez you know, was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. George Santos was a freshman backbencher. Guess who got more jokes? Yeah, dramatically so. Yes. yes. The way you put it here, which is funny. There were more jokes told about Abraham Lincoln and his top hat, six, than Bob Menendez being a, you know, a bribery, uh, uh, in, you know, probe. Four, you know. Uh, it, it's it, This also boggles my mind. Three jokes about Martin Van Buren. Yeah. And of those four jokes about Bob Menendez, I think we talked about this on an earlier episode, two of those were before the indictment, you know, right. so, and I believe they were told by Jimmy Fallon, you know, who does a lot of, you know, just sort of silly, you know, like, like what physical appearance type of sure. things. Um, well, and that's where you could say when you're making jokes about Chuck Schumer putting his glasses on funny, it is, it doesn't have a lot of political merit but it's still interesting in terms of um if anybody is getting their news i mean this is a terrible idea they used to say this people got their news from john stewart on the mm -hmm. daily show frightening thought yeah it's like i don't it, people talk about how late night ratings are in decline and they absolutely are but people like stephen colbert still get more ratings than whoever your least favorite msnbc personality is <laughs> um, like almost i mean maybe not all of them but most of them. So I was going to make this point uh, before we jumped into Menendez for a second, and that is that the other point about the squad that's interesting is you have women of color and a man of color in Jamal Bowman. Uh, and so DEI breaks in there, which is, you know, we're not going to make fun of these people because um, it's, you know, the white right wingers think they're an issue. So we, we can't joke about them. And, and this is one of those areas where uh, they're just missing. So if you're getting your news from these shows, you might have no idea who she is. Let's go back to well, this again. Marjorie Taylor Greene, 196 AOC yeah. zero. Yeah. Well, again, to go back to the idea that these people view their job as, you know, to use their platform to advance liberalism in the interest of the Democratic Party. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a frequent guest on these programs. You know, Jimmy Kimmel had Mike Lindell on once just as like a sort of buffoonish stunt yeah but, you ruined your guest count we had to include him <laughs> yeah but alexandria ocasio-cortez goes on the shows to promote whatever it is she's that she is doing you know so 
because that is what Seth Meyers views his job as. And so making fun of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez goes against that stated mission that he has. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I think we've made this point multiple times that Seth Meyers, I like to call him Socialist Seth, because he loves Bernie Sanders. He loves him some AOC. Um, but then th this, this stat also stood out. We were just talking about the top 10. But you said, other than Joe Biden, no Democrat placed in the top 25 of joke targets. One would have to go to Bernie Sanders at, in 26th place at 53. The only other non-right leader in the top 25 was just the vague notion of making fun of Congress at 57 jokes. So <laughs> it's just hilarious how these yeah. shows can't make fun what, of the Democrats. What's interesting about the Bernie jokes is a lot of them are like impressions because he's a very, because like <laughs> kind of like Donald Trump, he's a very, very easy guy to have an impression of. But because, you know, he has moments where he goes off about like how there are too many deodorant types of deodorants, yeah. they actually can make fun of his socialism. So it's like, at, so it's like there's like a spec there where it's like you can do this if you wanted to, but they don't. Yeah, I mean, so. he, he is. He, it is pretty fun to just get sort of the, I'm going to yell in a Brooklyn accent and the impression is done. Mm -hmm. uh, and then let's try to take these on a little bit show by show. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way that you ran through these is just by the percentages of how much it tilted against the conservatives. So we'll start Jimmy T Kimmel's at the top with uh, 2,215 jokes in 2023, 88% were at the right-leaning targets. Uh, and so, I mean, and then you do that. For these people, then you do all the top 10. So here in his, in his top 10 was Mike Lindell, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, fourth or fifth. And this kind of underlines why he would want to have Mike Lindell on his show because he thinks the guy is an absolute comedy you know staple jimmy kimmel for as much as these the th we call the well, we call them the big three uh kimmel colbert and myers because they're they are the most like leftist yeah for as similar as they are they are kind of different from each other and with jimmy kimmel you get a lot of just like the oldest form of joke telling it's just a lot of insults so you get lots of like basically conservatives and republicans are either evil stupid ugly or some combination of the three, you know. <laughs> well, Ted Cruz will be happy to know he made the top 10 of Jimmy Kimmel because yeah. Jimmy Kimmel hates him since Cruz, I guess, beat him in a basketball game. Yeah, and they had something going on before that. Yeah, so Ted and, Cruz is his old nemesis. So uh, Then uh, if we break it down, on, you could really tell. Uh, making fun of congressional leaders, Kimmel was 49 to 1. Uh, when it came to the Trump kids versus the Biden kids, it was 101 to 9. On the media, Fox News and Newsmax versus CNN, 31 to 1. And somehow Kimmel didn't joke yeah. about Clarence Thomas. Well, Kimmel was not on the air uh, uh, the week of Christmas, so he didn't get a chance to talk about the Colorado news. <laughs> um, I would I in the blog for this study idea there's like a 13 or something page pdf where you can look at basically the complete breakdown and i would imagine he told something in there about like harlan crow but I, yeah but uh about the specific justices themselves yeah uh and then there's stephen colbert 
You made an interesting point. Is before the strike, Colbert gave Donald Trump the Voldemort he who must not be named treatment. This is the same shtick Whoopi Goldberg does on The View, where they just not only will he not say Trump, you said he censored his name in the on-screen graphics. Which is just it's just funny. It's it's kind of juvenile. Yeah. For Colbert, he's kind of like we like I like to call him the group therapist. If you're like a liberal who just thinks Trump is the worst thing ever. And if you're like you you watch Stephen Colbert because it's almost like a cathartic experience. There There's lots of booing of Republicans in their uh, booing of Republicans and cheering their misfortune. So it's. It's basically what comedy nerds would refer to as like the relief theory because you're releasing all this pent up tension you have throughout your from your just hatred of Trump, Republicans and all things conservative. He had a high Santos count. Uh, but once again, everybody on it, except Biden was a Republican. Uh, Mike Pence drew 34 jokes to Kamala getting one, just one. And then uh, when it came to the congressional leaders, Colbert was. 119 to zero. That's like perfection. Uh, and then with the Trump kids versus the Biden kids, 42 to two. Uh, and then the Supreme Court, 28 to zero. So yeah, this was a guy, Colbert was somebody who, like Kimmel, knows what he's doing and would be perfectly happy if you told him that his joke count for Democrats or liberals was zero or one. Well, yeah, and remember in his previous life, Colbert's job was to play pretty much like a satirical version of Bill O'Reilly. So, and he did it badly. I mean, yeah. it, it, but the funny thing was, I knew people who thought who enjoyed the Colbert show more than the John Stewart show because it was at least faking being a conservative. I never liked the fake conservative. I said, I want him to just be a liberal and be humorless, which is yeah. what he is now. And another grading thing about Stephen Colbert is he does have almost like a pretentiousness about him. Because, like, with someone like Mike Johnson, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to attack Mike Johnson for being a Jesus person. He's going to attack him for being a right-wing Jesus person. Yeah. You know, he is probably the most notable culture figure of the religious left that there is. And so he will often, like, try to cite scripture to justify his liberalism or to accuse other people of being bad Christians. Well, and this is, I mean, this is sort of classic for liberal Democrats. Um, yes, they, they used to make a big deal out of how Stephen Colbert taught religious education to his kids or, you know, at a, at a parish, taught what we call CCD to the kids. So, you know, it's presumed he has some knowledge uh, of religious doctrines and yet, you uh, uh, yes, he, he he wants to come across as pompously theological, um, but usually, you know, he just completely mangles religion. Uh, but yes, you would understand why he would have a little more animus against a Mike Johnson, just the way you might expect Bill Maher to do that. Once again, you had with Meyer, uh, we, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I was gonna whip into Seth Meyers here. 24, 45 total jokes, 84 percent targeted the right. So we have Kimmel at 88. Colbert's at 86, Myers at 84. They're all kind of bunched together in terms of they're all tailoring their shows for a liberal audience. And Seth Myers is probably the most ideological maybe in his personal life because he has this thing almost every show called A Closer Look. And it's 
basically a primetime MSNBC segment with some strange metaphors and random digressions. Or you could call him the Rachel Maddow of late night comedians because he has a big monologue. Yeah. It's like a fake newscast in a sense or, or a strange version of Weekend Update. Yeah. And so just Seth Meyers has, I mean, he's actually been quite open about the fact that he views this show of his as a platform to talk about issues that he cares about. And so he tries to point out what he thinks is kind of absurd about us. But when he like, you know, it's like torching a straw man is torching a straw man, whether you do it in a joke or whether you do it like in a 500 page doorstopper. And so it's just kind of like, eh. well, and here again, you're going to get these dramatically tilted counts. Mike yeah. Pence, 40 jokes, Kamala, five Republican congressional leaders. Uh, 72 to 1 against one for Schumer. Uh, presidential kids, 52 to 7. It's a little surprising that Hunter had 7. But uh, And then for the media, Fox and Newsmax outnumbered CNN, 47 to 1. Supreme Court justice humor, 12 to 1. So, I mean, again, anybody watching Seth Meyers, you know what you're getting. Yeah, and they know their audience and their audience knows them. Uh, and of course, Seth Meyers, like you said, this is where you'll, you're going to see AOC, you're going to see uh, uh, Jake Tapper, you're yeah. going to see Chris Hayes, you know, all the liberal celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren are very likely to show up at multiple points during the year on Seth Meyers' show. Uh, and then, yes, back to the Daily Show with Comedy Central. And I only joke that, uh, you know, why are we still counting this? Because it's it. I think it's fallen off quite a bit from, you know, this Jon Stewart showcase. It really was the, you know, the he was the absolute megastar of Comedy Central. Um, he had an iron grip on every year. The late night comedy Emmy went to Jon Stewart. Why did you even, you know, put anybody else on the ballot? And now what we had in 2023 was the, the whole year was this carousel of temporary hosts. And you, you have to wonder, Alex, if that's about keeping the cost down because, you know, you're not paying anybody a contract to be there every night. But it, it, the show is sort of in flux. I can't imagine people are still watching it. I guess somebody yeah. is. Yeah, The Daily Show, like most of the comedy talk shows, their ratings are down and they're down quite a bit. Um, and the fact that it's on cable hurts it even more. But it still has a certain influence. You know, people, you you don't have to stay up till 11 o'clock to watch it. You can watch their clips on YouTube. Roy Wood Jr. was the uh, White House Correspondents Dinner Association right. guy. So it still has influence. And there are people, you know, among this carousel of tempos that they have that think it's important enough sell where they really really want the job right well you made this point i mean hassan minaj was hoping to get the job you you break it down by host then and you say john leguizamo uh, had 98 percent of his political jokes directed at the right hassan minaj surprisingly was the most balanced with 56 percent but uh he got in trouble because he uh he was accused by leftist media i think it was the new yorker made this point that he was making fun of things that happened to him. And then it was like, well, did these discriminatory things actually happen to you or did you manufacture them? He was actually probably going to get the job. <laughs> and then this came out and 
you know, we don't know this for sure, but we can imagine Comedy Central behind the scenes running around like, oh my goodness, we can't have this. Because going back to an earlier point, there are multiple ways to make an argument. You can write a 500-page book, a 3,000-word essay, or tell a one-liner. And for Minaj, telling jokes was how he made his point about alleged Islamophobia in America. And it turned out that the sort of premise behind the argument was not true. And so, again, a false argument, whether it's in a joke or whether it's in a just a standard like op-ed— is a false argument and so comedy central is like we can't have that and so it's almost certainly not going to be him well then you that's where you start wondering like behind the scenes did the people assembling this hit piece on hassan minaj really want somebody else to get that hosting gig um uh yeah i think you can't make up things that happen to you and then say hey i'm just a comedian so if i said that i was oppressed as a as a muslim there's a yeah. There's a difference between exaggerating things for effect and just completely making stuff up, and that's where he got busted. So the 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 percentage on the Daily Show overall was seventy eight percent, which means they were a little less than the uh, than the than the broadcast people. And then of course it's it's a little less surprising. We get down to Jimmy Fallon. Well, to go back to the Daily Show just real yeah. quick, they I they were. They were not on the air as much. Like during both of the speaker fights, they just happened to not have shows that week. Uh, so that's part of it. Like I think Kevin McCarthy only had two jokes told him out for the entire year, which is very, very low, right. especially compared to the other two. But that's why. Yes, we can imagine they might have had a lot more jokes and gotten over 80% if they'd been on at the right time. All right. So Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Mrs. Graham likes the Jimmy Fallon show, although it's funny the way she watches it because she watches kind of the monologue and the games that Jimmy has. And a lot of times the guests bore to death. So <laughs> unless the guest is somebody she likes, mm, fast forward. Uh, but she listens to the jokes. And that's where you come around and you say, OK, Jimmy Fallon uh, is not going to be as liberal. You're not counting these for the amount of ideology of the jokes. But, no, that would be way too much work. Yes. I, it's like, I don't have that sort of time. No, and it gets more subjective. It does. And so Fallon's percentage was 66% of his jokes were directed toward the right. And I think we can argue from our general observation that Fallon's jokes are a lot of times about somebody's shirt or yeah. somebody being old. Or their congressional portrait, like, like, or just like puns and things like that. Like, he'll be, you know, Congress is not going to win like maybe any beauty contest anytime soon. So I'll be like, Representative so and so is bald, or you know, or things like you know, just physical observations like that that aren't the mean spirited. You know, he he has this skit he does, Fallon yeah. does, where he takes the members of Congress and makes fun of their last names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to think of examples, but they, you know, he, like I think one was like. Like he said, like Chip Roy was like Chips Ahoy or something like that. So uh, yeah, you can't say, oh, the the the, the leftist tilt is doesn't doesn't quite go the same way. I he, mean, he's still very much a liberal, but I don't think he wears it on his sleeve, and I don't think he views it as his job as much as the other three. Right. So I mean, I think so. There's still some of the the tilt. The the Trump's kids versus Biden's kids was forty three to two. 
Uh, this was interesting, though. You said Fox was joked about 14 times CNN 10. I'm like, wow, yeah. how did that happen? Well, I would imagine this, a lot of the CNN 10 are just low ratings jokes. <laughs> well, we like those. But, but the fact that it's close to Fox is interesting because the other three main hosts would probably defend themselves by saying Fox News is in the news a lot, especially when they're being sued. Right. But the fact that nobody outside of The Daily Show could even find one joke to tell about the just sort of wild liberalism that goes on every day at MSNBC is also telling. Right. Well, I was going to say, this was the interesting thing is, you know, I was mentioning to you, Greg Gutfeld the other night was doing a whole routine about Jeffrey Epstein and who was on the list of Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein's friends. And some of the names were half blacked out. So he was making jokes that Brian Kilmeade and Steve Ducey were on the Epstein flights. And then he joked that he was on the Epstein flights. And I said to you, I, I don't think that the NBC late night shows don't make fun of NBC News. The CBS late night show doesn't make fun of CBS News the way that Gutfeld might. No, they they would make fun of maybe like the entertainment side of NBC and everybody kind of makes fun of their HR department. But you're not going to get Seth Meyers making fun of Chuck Todd or anything like that or meet the press. Chuck Todd got fired because they needed a woman of color in his job. Uh, James Corden then again was uh, I guess his show ended on April 27. This uh, Taylor Tomlinson, is it, is supposed to have a show? Yeah, it's not a talk show. Talk it, show. It's a game show that once upon a time existed on Comedy Central. And I believe Stephen Colbert is going to be the executive producer oh, the of it. the Midnight Show or whatever it was? Was that at, what it was? Yeah, I think at it's like midnight. at midnight. Okay. So uh, Corden, since we had a smaller sample, just 245 jokes, but only 54% of those on the right. So he ends up yeah. way on the bottom. Uh, and I imagine if we did project him across the year, he might still end up on the bottom? Yeah. Uh, even at the time, 245 through April 27th is still like a very low number of political jokes a day, especially compared to the other five. Um, he could still be like a flaming partisan, but it was usually like in those moments, like after the Supreme Court overturned Roe, you know, where he gives like a really long, solemn and pretentious monologue. Which isn't counted in a joke count. Which is, which is not going to be counted in a joke count, and it was last year. Well, I think the thing that I thought was kind of funny in here was to find out that Jill Biden had six and Doug Emhoff, the, the husband of Kamala Harris, had four. And you said, oh, no, no, that was all the same thing. Like they, they kissed at the State of the Union. Yeah, that's the thing about some of these. It's like the joke count can be relatively high, but they're they are all concentrated based on they do joke about what's in the news that day with the caveat, you know, usually that provided it's about Republicans. You know, it's, you know, Bob Menendez, who's he? So I I went through your long uh, document with all of the numbers on it, and I, I kind of tried to isolate this by the current candidates in the race. Uh, so, of course, as you said, we started with Donald Trump at 2,440. Second in the Republican race on the joke count, DeSantis at 310. Mike Pence at 205. You have to get Nikki Haley. You go all the way down to 49. So she's got like one-sixth the amount of jokes that DeSantis has. Yeah. Well, DeSantis is also a current governor who has enacted policies that these people hate. Right. And uh, plus he's, yes. Plus, plus he fights with Disney. Plus, know, plus he stuff. fights with Disney. Plus they like to make fun of his, you know, 
cowboy boots or whatever that picture was. So, <laughs> All right, so Haley, 49, Vivek Ramaswamy, 45, Tim Scott, 30, Doug Burgum, 6. I don't know if we had – I didn't find Asa Hutchinson. <laughs> there might be one Asa Hutchinson in there, yeah. But I think all six of those Doug Burgum ones were Seth Meyers. Burgumentum. All right, so then on the Democrat side, we mentioned Hunter Biden had only 27. 21 for Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 14 for Barack Obama, 10 for Bill Clinton, 5 for Hillary Clinton, and 4 for Michelle Obama. And you've got to imagine that Hillary or Michelle jokes are like, you go, girl. Yeah. Well, I I do think some of the Michelle Obama ones were about basically school lunches. Ah. Um, well, it's a, it's a yeah. funny joke. Uh, uh, and then so that would be so that could be see that's a joke about liberalism it's like you can't do it you just most of the time choose not to yes you remember as a child you weren't wild about the school lunch yeah and you know school lunches it's liberalism but it's not like like gun control or abortion or like big liberal positions on controversial issues it's the issue that's pretty low down the list of most people's importance yeah and you know Alex I I know I grew up in Wisconsin, but Michelle Obama would have hated my high school because you could, for a quarter, this will date me, back in the 80s, for a quarter you could get a chocolate shake at lunch at our school. <laughs> hey, America's Dairyland. Uh, I also thought these were kind of funny, just to wrap up, that uh, Merrick Garland had seven jokes when he's really not funny. Jan well, Gallen had four. Yeah, well, a lot of the jokes about Merrick Garland, you know, would be like either attacking him for the left or just the, you know, again, the sort of maybe not the Chuck Schumer glasses thing, but something along that line. And that and that's another thing. It's like you can jokes about Merrick Garland from the left are counted all the same as jokes about Merrick Garland from the right. And I would imagine the jokes about Merrick Garland from the right are zero. Right. So it's yeah. an important point. And just mm-hmm. as we were talking about before is Martin Van Buren had three jokes. Chester Arthur had two jokes. And you said one for Anthony Blinken. <laughs> Apparently, he's not funny at all. Or just foreign policy is kind of hard to joke about maybe for these people. I don't know. Uh, yes, you'd think Seth Meyers is supposed yeah. to be so so wise and smart. Yeah. They can they can joke. I mean, it's really easy to joke about Vladimir Putin, so they can do that. But, you know. Yeah, I didn't look for that. How many Putin jokes? Oh. Can't make fun of Zelensky. They there were they did some Zelensky jokes. Um, but, yeah, mostly about Putin. I This study only included americans mostly because i didn't want to put someone like vladimir putin on a political side of the spectrum because i because he just frankly doesn't fit anybody who says he does is just trying to score points yeah they love to put putin on the right yeah i always got mad at this in the late days of the soviet union they were doing this is that when uh, gorbachev was anybody who was more of an autocrat than gorbachev was a conservative. Oh, is that just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> they're, a, they're a bigger commie. That does not make them a conservative. Well, it makes them want to conserve the current communist regime, you know. Yeah. That's a, foreign countries, they do that. The labels get all messed up. Well, Alex, I appreciate that you take so much time to do this. You know, we all, we were joking. We were like, obviously people would be like, we knew the late night shows were a pile of leftists. Well, but okay, but you know, again, we all have to consider when we study about, you know, where people stand in public opinion, when the Republicans are being mercilessly mocked and the Democrats are being almost completely avoided on these shows, 
there's got to be some independent-minded voters who watch these shows. There's got to be non-political people that watch these shows. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that most of their audiences are liberals who watch their show for the liberal jokes. But most is not all. And again, their ratings are down, but relative to other shows and people that like we talk about at Newsbusters all the time, they are relatively high. Even Seth Meyers at 12.30 in the morning. And, well, let's remember, and this is the other piece of this when we discuss whether late-night comedy shows are important, the clips and the monologues and the jokes are on social media. They're on YouTube. You know, people catch them that way. They catch them on, on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, and you can also, you know, they're trying to, I think, figure out how to make streaming work with late-night. It's like, because now you don't have to stay up until midnight to watch these people. So... That's part of it as well. Yes. Alex never watches these shows live, ever. No, that's way past my bedtime. <laughs> Alex is very sober and serious, and he studies <laughs> comedy with all of that sobriety. Yes. I analyze inter interviews from Christian Amidpour with the foreign minister of Lebanon, and I analyze late-night comedy shows, so I get around here. Yes. Well, Christiana Manpour, one of the things I really remember her, was her going on one of these late night shows. It may have been pre-Fallon. I was, I just remember her being so overjoyed that she got to go out and vote for Obama. Oh, everybody, I was out there. We were all out there to vote for Obama. It was glorious. I, I want to say it was 08, but it might have been 12. Doesn't really matter. It's the kind of thing that sticks in your brain. It's like, okay, guess we know where you people are coming from. That's yeah. why she could get a show on PBS. All right, so we cover it all. We cover the news and we cover the comedy. And uh, when they're the same thing. <laughs> and sometimes the news is comedic when it's not supposed to be. And for all of that, you got to come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>